Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Mark Podolsky. Thanks for being on the show, Mark. Whitney, thanks so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure to have you. Mark is the author of Dirt Rich, the ultimate guide to helping you build a passive income, the owner of Frontier Properties, a very reputable and successful land investing company, and has been buying and selling land full-time since 2001. He's completed over 5,000 land deals with an average ROI of over 300% on cash flips and over 1,000% deals he sells with financing terms. He is dedicated to teaching the most current and relevant real-world land investing methods to his students by coaching and mentoring to help them achieve their financial goals. Mark, again, pleasure to have you on the show. Give the listeners a little more about who you are and what your focus is right now. I'm a professional land investor And I make the argument, Whitney, that I have the best passive income model. And so essentially, it's a one-time sale. I get passive income every single month, but I don't have to deal with any renters, rehabs, renovations, or rodents. And because I'm not dealing with a tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, or the SAFE Act. And so the game that we like to play is, can we create enough of these land notes where our passive income exceeds our fixed expenses? And then we're working because we want to not because we have to, which then leads you into doing bigger syndication type deals. So we were talking before the podcast. I think that my model is a great gateway drug into doing larger transactions. Nice, nice. So I'd like to jump into your model and just the specifics of it a little bit. And so the listeners can better understand exactly what you do. And then we'll jump into a few other details and how it relates to syndication and moving from there to syndication. Sure. Okay, Whitney, let's do the Whitney Sewell case study. Where do you live? Uh, Roanoke, Virginia. Roanoke, Virginia. Okay, so let's pretend that you own 10 acres of raw land in a county in Texas, right? But something's happened. You haven't gone and seen that property in 10 years. You're tired of paying the property taxes on it. And I get the county list from that county. And I say, oh my gosh, there's Whitney Sewell. He lives in Roanoke, Virginia, but he owes $200 in back taxes on this 10-acre parcel in Texas. Well, Whitney, you're advertising two things to me. Number one, you have no emotional investment in that raw land. You live in Virginia, the property's in Texas. And number two, you're distressed in some way because when we don't value something, we don't pay for it, and you haven't paid your property taxes. And as a result, the county treasurer is sending you every single month notice of property taxes owed, interest, penalties, and Finally, they're saying, look, if you don't pay your property taxes, you're going to lose that property to a tax deed or a tax lien investor. So what I'll do is I'll look at the comparable sales on that 10-acre parcel. Let's say that's $10,000, right? All I'm going to do then is divide by four. And that's going to get me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. And so Whitney, I'm going to send you an actual offer of $2,500 for your 10-acre parcel. And so $2,500 is better than nothing. You accept it. Now, in reality, 3 to 5% of people accept my quote-unquote top dollar offer, right? Still with me? 
How many? Three to 5%. Okay. So for every 100 offers, I get three to five deals, right? So now you accept it. Then I go through due diligence. And I want to make sure, Whitney, you still own the property. I want to confirm that back taxes are only $200. I want to make sure there's no breaks in the chain of title, no liens or encumbrances. And I pay about $11 to my VA team in the Philippines. They're linked into an American title company. They do my due diligence for me, right? And at the same time that they're doing due diligence, they're creating my marketing package for the next buyer. So they're getting the GIS maps, the GPS coordinates, the Google Earth aerial maps, the plat maps. They're getting pictures, right? We might have may pay somebody 50 bucks to go out there, shoot video, tell me what's going on around the property, right? Is anybody dumping? What are the roads like? What's compelling about the property? They fill out my whole property checklist. And then everything checks out. And then I buy that property from you for $2,300. You net $2,300 because you owe $200 in back taxes. So I paid total $2,500, right? So now that I own the property, Whitney, I have a built-in best buyer because I'm going to sell this property 30 days or less. So I have a built-in best buyer. Guess who's going to end up buying that property most likely? Me. No, you're selling that. You know. sold the property to me. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Who is it? The neighbors. Oh, my goodness. Of course. So I'm going to send out neighbor letters and say, here's your opportunity. All right. Expand your holdings. Protect your views. Protect your privacy. Know who your neighbor is going to be. And I'm going to give it to you for a great deal. It's only going to be $10,000, right? $2,500 down payment. And then we'll make it a car payment, $449 a month, 9% interest over the next 84 months. And so oftentimes, the neighbors will buy it. Now, if they don't buy it, I'll go to my buyer's list. If my buyer's list passes, I'll go to a little website you've probably never heard of called Craigslist. It's the 10th most trafficked website in the U.S., I might go to an even smaller website, Facebook, buy, sell groups, and marketplace, right? And then I might go to a site like landmoto.com, landandfarm.com, landofamerica.com. These are places where people list land for sale. And so the magic is that I want to get my money out within the down payment. Maybe I'll go six months out to get my capital back. And then I've got this passive income stream of $449 a month at 9% interest over the next 84 months. No renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. And we use a land contract as opposed to a deed of trust. So that property remains in my ownership until they pay off their note. So we might have, let's say, in a good economy, a 4% default rate, and in a bad economy, an 8% default rate. But even if they default, I'll get another down payment, I'll get another monthly payment. And then 90% of this is automated with software. And so I love it. So what were you doing before you built this model? I was miserable as an investment banker, working with private equity groups, specializing in mergers and acquisitions in the mid-market, 50 to 500 million enterprise value. So nothing too big. But Whitney, I had a 45-minute commute to work and back. I was micromanaged. It was stressful. I had no control. It was a long sales cycle. And it got so bad for me that I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around, I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy and he told me that as a side hustle, he was buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar at tax deed auctions 
flipping them online, this is the year 2000, and making a 300% return on his investment, well, Whitney, I'm looking at companies all day long. And a great company has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Great company. Average company is 10%, less than 10%. So I don't believe them. So I go with them to New Mexico, this tax deed auction. I got three grand saved up for car repairs. I do exactly what he said to do. I buy 10 half acre parcels, an average price of $300 each. I put them up online. They sell for an average price of $1,200 each. And it worked. So I took all of that money. I went to another tax deed auction in Arizona where I lived, where I live currently, like Southern Arizona, 2000. No one's in the room. I'm buying up lots. I'm buying up acreage. And over the next six months, I sold all of that property and I made over $90,000 cash. So I go to my wife. I'm like, honey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to become a full-time land investor. She said, absolutely not. She's pregnant at the time. So I said, fine. So it took about 18 months for the raw land investing business to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit and I've been doing it full-time ever since. Wow. We were talking a little bit before the show about your fund and you talk about what you can talk about or not, but I want to know how that relates to your land investing and how that's connected. You get to a point in real estate where you realize other people's money is really important because the only reason to have a fund is the scale. And for the longest time, I self-funded or I would have friends and family do a debt raise, right? And what I would find is that I was passing on massive, massive developments, massive deals, simply because I had this scarcity mentality or I was playing as a small ball game and I was scared to really go out and do these bigger acquisitions, even though I knew intuitively that my margins were ridiculous, right? So it took a little bit of convincing from a mentor to kind of be like, hey, Mark, come on, you can do this. This isn't brain surgery. Go out, get the best securities attorney you can find, talk to these people, network, and you've got a track record. Go out, flaunt that track record. There's so much cash out there sitting there on the sidelines making nothing. So you've got a really compelling argument there. And so we created that fund and it's been great. What's your scale now? Like how many, you put 100 offers in, how many offers are you putting in per like week or is it per day or month or how do you do that? Yeah, so we do at least a minimum of 1,000 offers per month. Wow, okay. And then so you have 30 accepted? 30 accepted, 30 to 50, correct. And what size deals are, I mean, so you got the funds, are you doing some larger deals as well, some larger land deals? Yeah, absolutely. So my company and then the fund is a little bit of a separate entity. So what the fund specializes in is we want to actually buy huge tracks, either subdivide and sell. I just did a deal actually this week where it's like an old school guy, he's 75 years old. He's been doing this for years. He makes millions of dollars a year, but he's tired, right? He's got all the infrastructure in place. And this is where I get to put my investment banking chops to work is we're just buying out his company and taking advantage of the inefficiencies there and some synergy. So one plus one can equal three. Nice. Spoken like a true investment banker right there. Throwing out synergy forever, Whitney. So roughly you're buying about a deal a day. Is that accurate? Or I guess, or maybe a little more than that. Ideally, we want to do a deal a day. Correct. Okay. I guess, tell me about that conversation with an investor about telling them what you do. Because it's a very different type of business. So what kind of different questions does an investor have with this kind of business model? You know, walk them through the model and show them, look, 
worst case scenario is you own land. And even if we have to liquidate the fund, we still have to sell that land for you. So the risk is really low. We're buying the assets 25, 30 cents on the dollar. Then we look at it. Here's other funds and what they're doing, right? We're more of a specialty fund because I'll make the argument that your capital, as great as it is, isn't what drives this fund, right? It's the expertise. It's the deep knowledge and deep experience of the operators. That's really what you're buying here. You don't want the land. I don't even want the land. What we want is the inefficiency in the market and taking advantage of that and knowing how to find that, how to structure it, and then ultimately sell it and get you a return on your investment. So the biggest problems that you run into with this type of business model? Well, I think the biggest problem is certainly going to be due diligence, right? Number one, we got to make sure we're not making a mistake in our research. And these bigger deals, you know, the title company can help us with all that. But we certainly want to dot our I's, cross our T's, and we certainly don't want to ever overpay. So we really do some kind of cool things before we even acquire the property, which is we will pre-sell a number of lots before we take down the parcel. So we know definitively that we've got our 300 to 1,000% return. So tell me about pre-selling. How do you do that? So oftentimes what we'll say to our seller is, we are going to test the market. We're going to put out some blind ads in this area. We're not going to say anything specific about your property, but we're going to see what kind of demand there is for the property. We want to take a look at the comps as well. How long has it been since the property has sold in your area? What did it sell for? And then we just want to confirm that there is a strong buyer pool for this property. It's my liquidation value is at 100% is really what I want to look at if everything goes to hell. Yeah, so you're not wholesaling it. You actually own everything. I want to own everything. Absolutely. Yeah. I might lock it up on an option as well and test it, but usually we'll just extend out our due diligence. So during due diligence, we'll start pre-selling and we might take deposits, letting them know that, hey, we're in the process of closing. But because we're using a land contract, oftentimes they don't care because they're paying us monthly. Do you find that most people that are using this business model stick with this or they move to different types of real estate or what's the most common thing people do? Depends on the person. So it also just depends on what they like to do. I know for me, looking at other models, like I'll get shiny object syndrome like anybody else. But what I've determined is that what I like about this is that I can work when I want, where I want, with whom I want, and I don't have to deal with anything physical, right? nothing to maintain, nothing to protect. And because these are smaller deals on average, right? I'm never going to get knocked out of the game, right? There's never going to be a mistake that just completely knocks me out. And so that's really enjoyable. A bunch of my clients have graduated into multifamily. And I actually like the Frank Rolf mobile home park model as a syndication play because it's the same thing. You own the dirt, you don't own the home. You're just renting the dirt. Then it's just more due diligence and infrastructure from there. In five years, you can create a million dollars of equity simply by raising rates and taking advantage of some economies of scale. Wow. So I guess you know, doing this and then you see the Frank Roth model and he specializes in mobile home parks. So you've had people go to syndicating mobile home parks after doing some land deals like this. Correct. Yeah. I always recommend, recommend Frank. I think he's fifth in the country now. 
What's something else about doing a land deal like this where somebody makes a mistake or something that we need to know if we're going to start down this road or some way to educate ourselves? I think that as far as mistakes, the big mistake is either going to be overpaying, not doing your county research, and then in due diligence, mm-hmm. right? But in the areas that I specialize in, we avoid any environmental issues. It's not like I'm going to Pennsylvania or New Jersey. I'm buying up raw land. So we're sticking to the Sunshine States, the Southwest, California, the Northwest, and Florida. So I'm avoiding a lot of those areas of the country. I mean, waiting, let's face it, nobody wakes up and thinks to themselves, boy, I'd like some raw land today in Minnesota, unless you live in Minnesota, right? But Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, Nevada, these are fast-growing states. They've got an abundance of inexpensive raw land, and that's really where I want to focus. What's a way that you've recently improved your business, Mark, that we could all apply to ours? Oh my gosh. Automation and delegation. I spend about two hours a week in my business. And the only way I can do that is by having the discipline, every task that I was personally doing and say to myself, can I eliminate, delegate, or automate it? And one of my favorite apps is Zapier.com, Z-A-P-I-E-R. I'm in that thing every day. So anything I can automate, I'm going to automate. We also created our own proprietary software program that automates the business. And then I created my own software company that actually automates the collections, geekpay.io. So it's a one-time set it and forget it system. It does the amortization, does the interest, does the notifications. So my whole philosophy is I can always make more money. I can't get more time. So anything that's going to save me time, I'll invest in. No, I love what you said there too. You look at every task and see if you can automate it, delegate it, or eliminate it. That's awesome. That's that's a great way to look at every... T- a lot of people ask about using VAs and, and that's some, something I tell people like, you think you don't need one, but if you just sit down like every day and think about what you do on what's in one day, things that you could give to somebody else. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, even in my personal life, my wife is like, let's go look for flights. I'm like, let's go to Fiverr, have them do the research for us. Like, find me the best flight. Why are we spending this time? Mark, what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I would say that it's been focus. So I'm an inch wide and a mile deep. And I really, as much as I get distracted, I just remind myself, look, this is what you're competent at. There's a reason that Frank Rolf is, Frank's probably passed on it. And there's a reason he's passed on it. So I really want to focus on my area of expertise. And I think focus has been sort of my killer app, if you will. Nice. And what are you excited about right now for your business? I'm really excited just about doing these bigger deals, buying out some of these older players in the industry, going through that analysis, cultivating those relationships. It's been a lot of fun. It's a challenge. And then also just learning how to manage a fund. What are some difficult things you've learned about managing a fund? Constant communication. Okay. Can you tell us how you do that or how you proved that process to have constant communication? Yeah. So I would create projects in Basecamp for each investor and kind of give them summaries and tell them that. But there's nothing like picking up the phone. So now I just have in my calendar, pick up the phone, call, 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 and over-communicate to the point where like, I hope they don't want to take my calls. No, I can't stress that enough as well. And I'm trying to do better at that with our investors. Just not being afraid to call. I mean, I find I have to schedule the time. It's like schedule this time every week to just go down the list, making these calls. Is that, how do you manage that? 
Yeah, I just, I do the exact same thing, but I, I always have to have empathy for the investor, right? Because I don't know what's going on in their head. They have busy lives. I have a busy life. So it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day just sort of tsunami of life. And next thing you know, it's been a month and you even talked to this person that's made a major investment in you and you don't know, right? They might be fine, but they might not be. And just overcaring, I think, is a good strategy in business and life. What's another way you care for your investors that maybe we hadn't thought of? Make them more money. (laughs) 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 That's it. Where can I make you more money? Make them more money and over-communicate. Can I make you more money? Can I make your friends more money? How can I help you? (laughs) And how do you like to give back? My gosh. So I look at my life and I do a, a daily gratitude journal. And so I look at my gratitude journal and I think, okay, boy, am I lucky to be able to eat healthy food every single day? Like I don't have to think about it. It's just like I open the refrigerator, there's food. So then I, I'll go and I'll donate to UNICEF. So I do a monthly recurring thing to UNICEF. So I feel better about, okay, I'm giving back in such as balls to all. One of my mentors, he sold his company for 360 million and he sold, he created this foundation, which is really my idea, by the way, except instead of soccer balls, it was going to be Xbox, but it economically didn't work out. But the idea being that in these poor communities, if kids are playing soccer, they don't have time to like get into trouble. So they're like really nice soccer balls that are kind of puncture proof. And so I donate to that every month. We volunteer with our kids, let them see, have perspective about how lucky they are. And then every Monday, I like to pay for the person behind me in Starbucks. You got to help the, the uppies, Whitney. That's a good one. You never know who's behind you in line, right? So, Mark, you've been a fantastic guest. I really appreciate you being on the show. And yeah. Tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and your business. Yeah, I think the best place to go is thelandgeek.com. And then Whitney, if you don't mind, I've got a a $97 course I'd like to offer your listeners for free. It's just thelandgeek.com forward slash launch kit. Awesome. And then they can kind of dive in a little bit deeper and see if it's something for them to get started with, start building up their capital through land, and then start playing with the big Whitney's and create their own fund. Awesome. Mark, thank you so much. And thank you for providing that value to the listeners. That's an incredible offer there. And I hope the listeners will reach out to Mark. I hope you'll also go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me and go to the Facebook group, Real Estate Syndication Show. I hope you are listening to the show every day. I hope you'll do us a favor and share it, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.